Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Shea Station PPP, and it's for yet another bullpen pitcher. Uh, there's not enough bullpen pitchers. This one is the one of the best in the league. We were just talking about it right before we started recording. Top five? I think we both agree. Uh, Mr. Edwin Diaz, Sugar Diaz. Sugar Diaz. Great nickname. Sugar. Yeah, it Love is it. pretty great. I don't know where it came from, but everyone calls him that, like in the clubhouse. It's literally everyone. Trainers, everybody. I feel like the I bet Buck will call him uh, Edwin. You think so? Buck no, will call him no, Sugar? No, Buck's cool as shit. Yeah, Buck will call He's him cool. Sugar. He'll be like, hey, Sugar, come here. Yeah, come on. Secretly the coolest human probably in the clubhouse, Buck Showalter. The Mets have a lot of good nicknames on their team, I feel like. You got Cookie. You got Polar Bear. You got Sugar Diaz. I think Sugar might be the best one, though, right? Cookie's pretty good. Cookie's pretty good, too. Cookie's so good of a nickname that I forgot it was a nickname because it's, like, just part of him. When Tyler McGill wins Cy Young, we can call him Cylor McGill, which I think is neat when that happens. Nope. Not if that happens, when that happens. DeGoat is pretty sweet. DeGoat's pretty sweet. <laughs> Mad Max we have now, too. Oh like they're they're everywhere, dude. They're everywhere. I like everywhere. the Mets even more before. I mean, I don't want, it's weird. <laughs> it started here, and now I like them even more. Yeah, once we get those Let's players get in. weekend Let's jerseys. get into Diaz here. There's so much to talk about with Edwin Diaz. There's so much here. I... Personally, you mentioned before, I agree that he's a top five reliever in baseball. It has been a very tumultuous tenure for Edwin Diaz in New York, though. Yeah, yeah. But I do feel like 2021 was a good year for him. It was a great year for him. Yes. He had a tremendous year. He had 62 and two-thirds innings, only 43 hits. His whip of 1.053 is stellar. Um, He isn't... Hasn't had that amazing season. So when he was in Seattle right before the trade, he had one of the most historically badass seasons of any reliever ever. Yeah. He had 57 saves, uh, 73 innings, only 41 hits. He had 124 strikeouts and a whip of .791. 124 strikeouts. When we traded uh, all these prospects, Dunn and Kellenick, and we got Diaz and Cano back, and then Robbie Cano got popped, and Diaz had all this pressure on him, and he had the worst year of his career that year following that up. Well, no, he had a good first year. No, right away. 2019. Yep. 2019, he had a, his worst year of his career. And so it's been a bad first impression, and he didn't dig his way out enough. But I think Mets fans don't appreciate him enough. Uh for how good he is. He is so good. I agree. I feel like um, last year it was the question of what Diaz are we going to see? Are we going to see the 2019 one that gave up 15 homers in 58 innings? Or are we going to see the 2021 that was absolutely indestructible but over a shorter period of time? And I feel like we got a mix of both. I feel like we still got – we had some Diaz moments last year like the Jacob Stallings Grand Slam. Sorry to bring it up, guys. I know that probably hurt to hear. Pittsburgh. I know. Pittsburgh, just, man. Just, we don't, we're never going to play the Pirates again. <laughs> but at the same time, there were so many great ninth innings from Diaz last year, and he came up clutch in so many different situations. I also feel like he debunked a lot of the narratives that were kind of following him around uh, from tw- the 2019 season. That being said, the splits from Edwin Diaz in 2021 are very polarizing. They're very eye-opening, to say the least. Uh, the first one that I noticed was um, the home and away splits. Uh, that was pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm going to pull them up right now because I could not believe them when I first saw them. In home and away games, when Edwin Diaz was at City Field, 39 innings pitched, 
Six earned runs allowed. That's a 1.38 ERA with a 0.77 whip. Those are maybe best closer in baseball numbers right there. That whip is insane. That's and he incredible. I remember it. Every time he was, you know, wearing the white jersey, he was dominant. The pinstripes do well for him. Do you think it's because of the trumpets? That seems like such a silly reason to me. It seems like such a <laughs> stupid reason. I think it's reason. because he's so nasty, but the trumpets definitely help. Yeah, that pumps him up. But at the same time, in away games, 23 and two-thirds innings pitched, 18 earned runs. That's a 6.85 ERA to go along with a 1.52 whip. It is so, it's like night and day here. It's incredible. Yeah. I really can't, I don't, it, this wasn't a thing in 2019, not really a thing in 2020, but it was very much a thing last season. So uh, to me, the biggest split is the slugging percentage. So at home, obviously he didn't give up anything. He's slugging of 171. Oh my God. That is unbelievable. That's crazy. On the road, slugging of 446, making his OPS of 817. Yeah. Like if you have an 817 OPS as a player, like as a, you're, you're a darn good offensive player what what territory is that for you 817 that's i i would say that's a b tier hitter like you're in like the 110 115 give me, OPS give plus me some guys that are around that ops uh, it makes me think of a guy like josh donaldson maybe makes me okay. think of a guy like uh i'm trying to jorge soler would probably be in that class too because he hits a lot of home runs i mean this is the this is the average hitter against diaz on the road right. ops right that is wild to me yeah especially for how good his overall numbers were the big thing for me, um, I mentioned before that Diaz gave up 15 home runs in 2019. It was only three last year. Obviously, three big home runs because I pretty much remember all of them. And they all came on the road as well. So that's pretty telling there. Yep. So uh, I, I did some splits here too. This is what his numbers were against the division. So at Atlanta, in eight games, he only gave up two hits, an average of .74. Miami, uh, seven games, only four hits, a 182 average. Philly. Eight games, four hits, uh, a solo home run, yep. which was one of his on-the-road things. That was just the Bryce Harper uh, a buck six, A buck 60. Here's the weird one. Against the Nationals, uh, eight games, eight hits, including a homer, uh, and a two ninety six against average. Yeah. I When I think of Edwin Diaz in the Nationals, I just, Kurt Suzuki. It's wild. I know, mind. Kurt Suzuki. That crazy comeback. And I think that... that if I'm Edwin Diaz, that is still in my mind. It is in his head, and he's going to use it as a as a competitor to get better because you don't forget those things as no. many as like you know it's just another game. You're going to remember it, and you're going to fight. And when it, when a guy like Diaz at his caliber, he's going to push a little bit harder. We mentioned weird splits; they don't end there either. Uh, reverse splits were a big thing for Edwin Diaz. He was better against left-handed hitters last year than right-handed hitters, even though he has that devastating slider. Uh, still, he was great against righties, a 223 batting average against, and a 610 OPS against. But again, lefties only hit 165 against him. They slugged 275 against him. And what I found wild, I don't have it in front of me, but he faced the same amount of lefties as he did righties, which is insane over a full season. Super consistent sample size. Yeah, So, uh, and he fared so well against lefties. But I, I don't think that his home and road splits are a telling sign of what we can expect this year. Right. I, don't I think, think so that either. it was kind of fluky thing. And then in, in smaller sample size, like a one season, you might have those. Yeah. But I think his stuff plays too well. I think uh, his 2019 was so bad on home and away that it just feels still drags into this. Yeah. And um, a big thing, I think, for Diaz uh, has been the days of rest that he's been given. I feel like the Mets were much better about it last year. Um, on zero days rest, Diaz has a 4.85 ERA. 
as soon as he gets the one day of rest, that goes down nearly two and a half runs to 2.40. Two days rest is 1.76. Obviously, rest helps any bullpen pitcher. But with a guy like Diaz that has dynamite electric stuff, you want that to be at the best caliber possible for saving what is going to be a lot of important games for the Mets in 2022. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's been uh, a lot of talk about him, the Mets possibly using different people in different situations, riding with the hot hand at the at the saves. I don't want to see that because that doesn't that means we're not getting the best Diaz in form. Yeah. And that means that the Mets aren't doing as great as we thought because if the Mets are at their best, Diaz is at his best because he's going to be a key piece. Um, I'm not saying other guys could step up if he's not doing well, but they're definitely a better team with him at his best. Yeah, and I think that the Mets bullpen is a very interesting case in point here. We have a lot of great relievers that I personally trust with uh, huge games like Trevor Matt. I don't trust any of them. They're all right-handed. That's true. I mean, you're biased, though. You know, <laughs> I'm not left. I have no attachment. They're all righties, man. What are we doing? Chafin's still out there. Well, you want Chafin so? I mean, what if Chafin signed by the time this goes out? That's true. Then uh, reg- disregard this. We'll put a little fun edit in here. Yeah, that's fine. We'll put We're your- talking about Diaz. That's yeah. right. Well, the thing I was saying before is that I feel like not a lot of teams have a true, definitive best reliever that is their closer. I think of like the Brewers with Josh Hader. I think of the White Sox with Liam Hendricks. The Guardians with Emmanuel Classe. I think it's a thing with the Mets, though. I do think that when Edwin Diaz is at his best, nobody else in this bullpen can touch him. But at the same time, I want him to get those days of rest because I want prime Diaz. Because when Diaz is fully rested and has his stuff at its best capability, he has best relief pitcher in baseball potential, in my opinion. I agree. I agree with you. I think uh, he is a lockdown closer. He is one of the few guys that can say, I am a closer. Yeah. Um, they don't exist in today's game as as much as they did in the past, and f- for good reason because guys aren't. They realize that some guys just don't do as well, and so we can do the committee thing. But I think he is one of the guys that you need to close games, and the Mets at their best have Edwin Diaz saving games. Right. So I think like the Mets are fully preparing for a playoff run, and like Diaz will probably be pitching more than he ever has in any season because Edwin Diaz has never pitched in the playoffs which is a pretty interesting stat alone. Um, The last thing I wanted to mention here about Diaz from last year is that he stopped tinkering with any secondary pitches. He's fully on a fastball and slider guy now. No more sinker, no more cutter, no more changeup. And I think that helped him a little bit mentally too to just you know know that his two best pitches are his bread and butter. Yeah, I mean, you have the fastball and then your secondary pitch is your slider. Um, He simplified it. I don't know what he's going to do this year. Uh, He had a lot of time to not have anybody talk to him about doing anything from the team perspective. Um, But pitchers are constantly trying to get better, and whether that's tinkering with another pitch um, that he he may or may not need. But um, DeGrom got this cutter slider thing, and they were like, oh, why would you? You're doing so well. And then, yeah. Look what happened. Yeah, Yeah. so who knows? Um, But I know that he has a, a, a devastating slider and an electric fastball. And I like both of them, and they will always pitch well. They will always do well. You want to talk about what he's going to do next? Let's season? get into it. Let's uh, the steamer projections here are pretty, you know, career path oriented. Kind of, we think they're or they think they're going to get the same Edwin Diaz this year as they got last year, basically. So it's sixty-seven games, sixty-seven innings pitched, um, a thirty-four point two percent strike percentage. Uh, ERA of 3.17, which is a little bit under what he did last year. Um, And, you know, I think it seems like he's going to be the same old same. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I do agree that, like, Edwin Diaz will probably put up similar production this year. I think he's really found his craft in New York. I think the growing pains of 2019 are likely behind him. The one thing that I have found interesting that Fangraphs thinks he will continue to do is that Diaz did strike out less batters per nine innings last year. It was still an astronomical 12.8K per nine, but that's down from 17.5 in 2020. Um, I think Diaz has been pitching to contact a little bit more, and that's been helping his walk rate as well. I think that he's no longer afraid to go after hitters, and I think that might have been a thing in 2019 where he was pitching around guys and being maybe too careful. Um, At the same time, I think that hitters have had a lot of time to study Edwin Diaz now, the new Edwin Diaz, if you will. Um, So he might have to change up things again. That's kind of, you know, survival of the fittest in that way. Always be adapting. Yeah, and so I think think his projections are very accurate for the Diaz that that we're going to see because I think it's it's going to be business as usual for him. And this is a big season for him because he hits free agency yeah, next year. Yeah, we, we talked about age. He is still going to be only the, the ripe age of 28, which is what you consider you know entering into your prime back in the day, but I think he, it, his has already started. Yeah, and Diaz has been just so good for so long. He came mm-hmm. up as a 22-year-old and was instantly closing games for the Mariners. Um, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Diaz in non-save situations. We touched on that split a little bit. There's about a run of difference between save and non-save situations. I think if Diaz isn't pitching, he's resting, and if he is pitching, it's in the ninth inning. I mentioned a little bit about closer by committee, but I think that really is only a thing out of necessity at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's our closer. He's going to get the saves every save situation. He's going to be ready for. I think it's going to. He's going to get treated the similar way uh, that he has in the past. And like any any closer where you have a set guy, um, you're going to have weird days where you get a five-day rest because you haven't had any save situations. You're going to get thrown in there in a weird, just to get your arm some work. And it hasn't worked out well for Diaz, but I think that's just the way of the world. So, you know, I think we're going to see similar stuff. And I also feel like this is, might be the biggest year for the narrative of that trade that continues to follow on pretty much every player that's involved. We're going to get Jared Kelnick for a full season. We're going to get Justin Dunn for a full season. Edwin Diaz, he's probably the only one that doesn't include here. Then we're going to get Robinson Cano back and see what he's made of. And I feel like we'll really get to gauge what this trade is all about by the end of this season. If everyone yeah. stays healthy. Yeah, I feel I feel like, you know, this will be the, the telltale. Yeah. Um. You want to do the over-unders here, or you want to... I think it's time, right? I agree, I agree. So let's do it. Pitcher over-unders are always funny, and a relief pitcher over-under, you only have so many things to yeah, choose from, right? exactly. I did like yours, though. I so really we're going to start yours. with mine. So last year was a great year for Diaz uh, on many fronts, but uh, this particular stat, he had a career high, and that is hit by pitch. Ow. He hit nine batters last year, and that is a little bit out of the norm for him. Um, kind of wild. Um, wild is one word, that's for sure. Yeah, that is so many, so many guys he hit. Yeah, I mean the previous numbers here, six in 2018 was the next highest. But if you're getting hit by Edwin Diaz, it's either on a nasty slider on your foot or a fastball somewhere where it hurts. From 16 all the way to here, it is. Here are the numbers: uh, three, three, six, four, two, and then nine stands out. That is, a, I was going to say like a sore thumb, but probably more like some sore ribs Like is how it stands a out. A welt on your thumb about His that His ball big. is just so heavy, too. So I wanted to start with hit by pitch. Um, I don't think he touches nine, and his average is like three. So I'm going to go at three and a half hit by pitch. Mm, okay. 
I'm going to take the over for, I, I think, a reason that may not be directly linked, but I'm, I'm going to lean into this theory a little bit. I think that Edwin Diaz was, like I said before, not afraid to challenge hitters as much, and that sort of means pitching inside a lot more than you may be comfortable with. That may be the reason why this spike in hit-by-pitches has happened, because you know Diaz has the wipeout slider, but a lot about his great fastball is about where you place it and tying up hitters and making sure they feel uncomfortable in the plate and you can push them off. So Diaz, I would have to assume that maybe like two-thirds of these hit-by-pitches last year were on fastballs, and if you got hit by one and you're listening, I'm so sorry. I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> uh, at the same time, I think he's going to go over 3.5 by a decent mark. I think he'll probably get to that 6-9 to nine range again. I think I agree with you. We are Finally. in agreement. I take the over as well. Finally I think happened. it's because, like you said, I think it is a decision he made to not be afraid to pitch inside. His fastball is electric, and he's been – he's he's – been nice about it he throws a a heavy ball but it's never been that one that that really gets inside on guys and last year he did that and he hit some people and he'll be like yeah sorry about that but this is the way of the world you're stepping in against me Uh, it's not going to be a comfortable at bat and sometimes you're going to get plunked in the ribs so what you're dealing with when you're dealing with sugar man i like it Mine, I'm going a little bit more traditional because we have a closer here. So naturally, you got to talk about my one of my favorite counting stats, which is saves. Saves are fun. Like I know they're kind of weird the way we calculate them, but I just think they're fun personally. Um, I have D, uh, the Diaz over under for saves at 34.5. He saved a crazy amount in 2018 with 57 saves. But in every other season, he's never passed 35. He's been 34 in 2017, 32 last year. Uh, so I'm curious to see what you think here because I think that he'll, he might get more opportunities next year. It's all about save opportunities. This is such a fluky stat, as you you know mentioned before. I still love it as a stat. I still think it 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 shows something. It's kind of wild, like RBI. Yeah, like a lot of its like opportunities. Counting stats based. aren't they're almost always flawed, but I yeah. love them anyway. Yeah, and so um, this is opportunity based. I, I'm going to take the under here though because I don't think that. Um, He's going to get that many opportunities. I think that that they're it's just a fluky thing. We're going to have plenty of wins, but not you know with three runs or less. Seeing the Mets are winning like seven to one. Yeah, or they're going to be weird where he a lot of them come and he's on his day off. It's mm. just a fluky thing. It's yeah. a big number. You put up a big number. He's I did. only passed it once, so it would be another step. So I'm just going to go under. I put up the big number because I want to be controversial, and I'm going to take the over. I think <laughs> that the Mets are they're a better team than they were last year, and I think that provides more opportunities for wins and by proxy more opportunities for saves and I think they're not going to be afraid to use Diaz I know I mentioned the days of rest stats before but at the same time like if you're a championship contending team you need to be able to lean on your closer that much and Diaz is in year four of being a New York Met after when this year starts he will be he will be a Met longer than he was a Mariner which is an interesting thing uh, to think about there I think he's going to get more opportunities than ever maybe akin to that 2018 season that he had where he locked down pretty much every opportunity that came his way. But I could see Diaz pushing 40 here. I really could. I think he's going to be one of the top closers in the game next year. I think that's a, a great number to shoot for. Things are going well if he's getting that many saves. And it's a good sign for the Mets. And it's a very select class of Mets guys that have saved over 40 games. Only one of them has saved over 50, though. Oh, sweet. You know who it is? It wasn't me. It wasn't you, but it's a close friend of ours. Addison Reed. Jerry's Familia. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would just mention Reader all the time. I wanted to get it going. Uh, nice. Yeah, Familia, uh, who's... A Philly. He's a Philly, so we're going to get to see him. Whatever. In a weird uniform. I know some Mets fans are happy about that, but I'm sad. Yeah. I don't want to see him in a Philly's uniform. I have... Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's apparently uh, a great human being. 
<laughs> you set the line. You set the line, guys. You set the line. Oh, uh, yeah. I like Familia. He's he's a, a good guy. He'll be a friend. Um, I'll be rude for him forever, except when he's facing the mouth. Except when he's facing the mouth. Yep. You got anything else on Sugar? I don't, man. Uh, I think he's a, an elite top five relief pitcher, and I look forward to watching him throw. It's fun. Hell, yeah. That's a good poll to put out. Is Edwin Diaz a top five relief pitcher? Yeah, maybe. I have to do that. Who knows? Guys, thanks for tuning in to yet another PPP. Promise we'll bring you a batter next time. We've been doing a lot of pitchers. Sorry, I know. That's it's okay. kind of your thing. Yeah, I like pitchers. we got to mix it up. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Right, guys? 